Blog Talk Radio. Hello and greetings, everyone. This is the Psychic Inside Show. I'm your host, Joelle, the Vibrarian, and I'm here to elevate, enlighten, and empower you with information that I hope that you will find enlightening and uplifting and certainly positive. Now, every Tuesday evening on the Psychic Inside Show, I bring people to the forum so that you have an opportunity to hear their story because I believe that everyone is psychic. You just may not recognize it. And so in coming and hearing these stories that people share, hopefully something will trigger for you and you will understand that you have these gifts and abilities as well. So every Tuesday evening we're here from 9 till somewhere between 10:30 and 11 o'clock, depending on the flow. You can call in at 646-668-8988 to listen to the show. If you have a question or would like to make a comment, then you can just press the one key, and my screener will contact with you, and we'll get you on the air as soon as possible. Now, I've also got a community out in virtual space. Like everyone, I have a Facebook page. So if you're out there and would like to connect, please join my community. I like to call them the Good Vibe Tribe. You can find me if you search for The Vibrarian, and that is V as in vibe, I-B-E as in energy, R-A-R-I-A-N. Now, on Facebook, you'll see all of the shows that I have out on Tuesdays and Thursdays, as well as classes, workshops, events around the Atlanta area and beyond, and then also articles and shares that I think are going to benefit you and make your day a little better. Those can be memes, pictures, articles, all kinds of stuff. And I certainly invite you to connect with me in that space and add your own contribution to the energy because, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe, and I truly believe that. So I'm trying to bring together all those who are positive and uplifting energy together. Of course, everyone's on Instagram because we like to see all those lovely pictures and inspiring memes. So you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter as well, the same handle, at The Vibrarian. You can subscribe to these broadcasts in iTunes and then also through my YouTube channel. Now, YouTube doesn't think I'm big enough to have my own uh, channel name yet, but eventually I'll get there with enough subscribers. So click on over and search for The Vibrary, V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y, and there you will find all of the archives of the guests that I've had on the shows previously, as well as different oracle readings and more motivational messages. So I invite you to connect with me there. I'm trying to be worldwide, everyone, and I so appreciate when everybody tunes in for these shows. I have an awesome time because I get to talk to wonderful and amazing people and hear fascinating stories. So it's kind of wonderful to be able to share that with my audience. Tonight on the Psychic Inside Show, I'm very, very excited. I've been waiting for quite some time to snag this young lady and get her schedule, get a moment on her schedule because I swear she's a busy bee. I wanted to share with you that a few weeks ago I got an invitation to go to a complimentary workshop, a webinar, and I love these things because I'm like, let me see what people have to say if I can learn something. So I sat down in front of my computer for an hour with this group called the Akashic Academy. 
Now, I didn't have a lot of familiarity, but I'm an explorer, so I wanted to tune in and see what it was about. And as soon as I dialed in, this bright and smiling face popped up on the screen, and I spent the next hour totally engaged with the facilitator of this particular webinar, and her name is Emily Harrison. I became a fan at that moment because she really did deliver three things that were promised in the webinar information, which I like when that actually happens. And her personality was just so bright and sunshiny and vibrant that I said, I want to connect further with the community that she's creating. So for the past couple of months, I've been listening to her teach listening to her impart her wisdom and her motivations through her Akashic Academy. And I said, you know, I would love to get on because I know just a little bit about her, but I'd love to go in deeper. So tonight I'm welcoming, so excited to have you on the show. Emily, welcome to the Psychic Inside. Oh, my goodness, Joelle, that might be the most incredible introduction I've ever heard. You just made me like myself a little bit more. Thank you so much. I'm really, I'm really well, excited to be here. Well, I've met every word of it. I have to say, you know, there is a lot of content out there that people are producing. Mm-hmm. And I've clicked on more than one webinar that was free that wound up just being dry and dull, or I felt that I was just uh, filling up a seat in order to mm-hmm. uh, fulfill a sales need. But I did not mm-hmm. get that sense from you because you really were like talking actionable things, and I really did walk away with some very good information just in that hour, and I felt that I would have paid for that hour had I known what the content was going to be like. So I, I had no idea who you were, and so I want to talk a little bit about your backstory. You've shared bits and pieces with yes. us in your community. And, of course, when I was Googling in order to find out um, <laughs> a little bit more about your bio, it's not every day I get to look at the Internet Movie Database, IMDB, and find a bio of one of the guests on my show. But that is certainly the case with you. So what is your Bright Lights Big City backstory? Where might yeah, people how the, recognize how you? How did I end up on IMDb? Um, uh, yeah, the database, right? So uh-huh. there, there, is a good, there is a good backstory with me, and there's a reason why um, my entertainment background was so important. And that really, it filters into how I share information and how I teach today. You know, people learn in a lot of different ways. And consider, you know, we learn through, through visual methods. We learn through audio methods. A lot of people learn through experience. Um, we learn through storytelling. There are many different ways that we actually learn information. And I think when somebody is able to marry a lot of those ways together and then bring some storytelling and some entertainment and just some simple lightness of being, because there's so much heaviness in our world today, that people really gravitate mm-hmm. towards that and they appreciate that. So I do. I have, I have a history in Hollywood that I didn't realize while I was going through Hollywood was actually preparation for what I would move into my, what I would call my light working years. Um, but it really was, it was a really big part of how I recognized I was psychic was in Hollywood. Um, but my hmm. story starts even before Hollywood 
it starts, I am that typical, like, like the stories you hear of the small Midwest girl, the small town girl getting off the bus in Hollywood, seeking her fame and fortune. Guys, that's totally me. Like, I grew up in a town of around 3,000 people, Louisiana, mm-hmm. Missouri, which a lot of people get that confused because I say Louisiana and they think <laughs> the state. There's actually a very small town right on the Mississippi River named Louisiana, Missouri. Um, fun fact, no and tell, Lewis and Clark were the first to settle that town and um, named it Louisiana, similar after the state. Uh, the state, I'm sorry, the state was named after the town. Our town was actually settled first. But it was the first mm-hmm. town settled west of the Mississippi River. It's the true gateway to the west. And um, also really interesting in the small town that I grew up in, the Underground Railroad ran through that town as well. So I had mm-hmm. not only the Mississippi River, which was the eastern border of town, and um, as, you know, as I learned more and more about energy, and this wasn't until, you know, 30, 40 years later. I'm 40 years old now. This was, you know, I grew up in this town when I was a girl before I went to college. Later on, as I learned about energy healing and the more I dive into understanding um, things like the crystalline grid of the planet and the Mm -hmm. Christ consciousness grid of the planet, I recognize that the Mississippi River is one of the tributaries of the crystalline grid. So that made me feel that made me feel proud. Like I was like, oh, I grew up right mm-hmm. on that river. Well, of course I soaked up all that good that all that good energy <laughs> while I was there. Um, and the, another really interesting thing about the town I grew up in, like I said, was the Underground Railroad. And um, mm-hmm. for those of you guys who'd like a little history lesson, you remember when the um, when the when the North and the South were fighting back in the time when slavery was still present here in the United States, that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Underground Railroad was passage tunnels and passageways underground where slaves escaped into slavery, I mean, into freedom. And mm-hmm. that also became part of my paradigm, kind of part of my story, is that I really am inspired in freeing people, in freeing their minds, and mm-hmm. freeing their hearts. I feel like just like, just like we talked about many of us are psychic, we're, we're all slaves here, too, until we free ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we become, mm-hmm. we become slaves to... The way this this society works. I mean, how many of us have a job just so we can make money, just so we can pay our bills, so we can afford the things that we have? We become mm-hmm. slaves to this system where we don't ever really give ourselves time to say, who am I? Like, outside of this job that I go to and this money that I'm trying to make, like, who am I? In my mind, in my heart, when I allow that to be free, what else is out there for me to learn? So those mm-hmm. were two really interesting components of uh, my small town past that, that I carry with me still today that I realize are symbolically part of how I'm helping humanity now. So grew up in this really small town, all up in the Southern Baptist Church, you guys, like full on <laughs> Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, I went to youth group, I was going to church camp, I was, I was mm-hmm. witnessing to my friends, which made me a little uncomfortable, I have to say, but I still did it because that's what they say you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to bring everybody to Jesus. So I was trying right. to sign people up for Jesus, right? Um, I taught Bible school. My mama was a Sunday school teacher. Like it, it, it was my life. It was a lot of my life um, because it was supposed to be and because I was, I was right. a bit of a rule follower. I'm, I'm an interesting mix of a rule follower and then a rule breaker. Like I do both. I yeah. see I see the, the the positive in both of those things, and I was immersed in this environment because again it's it's conditioned into how I grew up, 
there was always a part of it, though, that I have to say didn't make me feel better about myself. You know, when the preacher would get up and talk about all the ways that we had sinned and all, and oh, I just feel so bad and so guilty and just like I needed to repent. And while I find mm-hmm. there's value in acknowledging the areas of our life where we miss the mark and we can shift and change, I didn't like that feeling of, of um, feeling so guilty and feeling so separate from source because I made a bad choice. Like, I just, it, didn't, it didn't work for me. It didn't work for me mm-hmm. at all. And um, this, although the singing, boy, you get in there and you start, like, <laughs> being around that music, like, that's, mm-hmm. that lit me up inside. You know, I felt the closest to spirit in those moments when, when the singing and the music was happening. Um, and, of course, music, sound, what an incredible healing tool on our planet. Sound is such an important thing to really consider when we, when we look at this, this zone as a creation zone. Like, the earth is, is, is a school that we come and we learn how to create. We learn how to become good manifestors while we're here. And yeah. how do we do that? Sound is a huge component, whether you subscribe to the Big Bang or whether you subscribe to God spoke the universe into existence, there's sound Mm -hmm. involved. And, you know, many of you guys, you know about the secret and the law of attraction. When we use our voice to speak whatever it is that becomes our truth, whatever we're speaking, we're creating every time we're using our voice to speak. Our voice is a huge chakra, hugely involved in the manifesting process. So the idea of sound and music was always very intriguing and inspiring to me. Um, but like I said, I, di- I didn't really like those feelings of guilt and separation. And as I, as I grew up and I graduated from high school and I moved on to college, um, I went to University of Missouri and I joined a sorority and tried to figure out my life path. And I just, again, I wasn't, wasn't working for me, the sorority life, which I had always been really um, social and, and liked being around a lot of people. I didn't love this environment. I was just like, ugh, this isn't working for me. And mm-hmm. furthermore, to be honest with you, go, get up, getting up and going to class wasn't working for me either. I was just like, I don't really? like this. This is not working one bit. Just I wasn't inspired. That's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's very I ironic. To study and learn, right? I think I, I think uh-uh. I was in the wrong space, and mm-hmm. um, I had started doing some modeling in college, and I had gone to the East Coast for a, a what was a modeling convention, but there happened to be some some acting things that they were bringing into this modeling convention, some opportunities to act and to meet some casting directors. And I thought, oh, well, that sounds kind of interesting. Granted, I had never really even done a school play. Like, I had done plays when I was younger, and I liked doing them. There have been a couple times in my life when I've been intimidated, Joelle. (laughs) Doesn't happen a whole lot. But in high school, I was intimidated to be in the school play. So I kind of backed off from any kind of acting at that point in time. Um, Hmm. I was a dancer. Dancing was my thing in high school, and I loved to dance. So when I went to college, okay, so this is the second time I chickened out on something in my life. There was a, a really highly acclaimed dance team there at the University of Missouri, and I went to the first couple days of the auditions, and then I chickened out. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm good enough to try out for this. And so those, mm-hmm. those were two times in my life that I remember. I was a big old chicken, and I chickened out. Um, <laughs> but when I, when I went to this modeling convention, on the East Coast, I decided to give the acting another try. Like I had had enough moments of chickening out in my life and, you know, mm-hmm. learned valuable lessons from those, those 
you know, when I got, when I got all scared and ran away and didn't want to do that this time. I really wanted to embrace this opportunity. And so I did, and I jumped in and I went in and just blindly started reading for some casting directors. Um, at the time, I don't know how many of you guys remember that show party of five. It was a really big show for quite a while, oh. but the cast, <laughs> you remember that show? Yeah. So the cast I do remember that it. show. He was talking to me and he was like, this show that you would have been great in. And um, he was like, I think you should come to Hollywood. And I was like, I do too. <laughs> he was like, he had me. He had me at hello. <laughs> when he spoke those words to me, all of a sudden it was like, yes, I think you're right. I should be in Hollywood. So without ever and really how, having. How yeah. old were you, sorry, at this time? Were you like 20-ish, uh, 19, 20 I, I was, I was almost. I was 19 years old. Good, good job. Oh, wow. Good psychic skills there, Joelle. You got it. Yeah, I was 19 years old. And um, he had inspired me. Like, I was, I was headed for big lights from that point. And since school wasn't inspiring me and I just wasn't really getting the satisfaction, like, I needed an adventure at that point in time. You know, I had spent all of this time being the good girl, going to class. I got great grades in high school. Um, everything really kind of came easy to me, but I just wasn't inspired anymore, and I needed adventure. I needed something outside of the box in my life. So, boy, I got it. I um, went from that town of 3,000 people, and I upgraded a little bit when I went to college. I think there were 70,000 people in the town, so it was quite a bit bigger. And then from that point, I was like, I'm going to Hollywood. This is my next stop. So I finished up classes for that semester, packed up my car. I got a for-rent magazine. I think I ordered it from, I, I don't know, online somewhere. For-rent magazine shows up yes, at my door. Yes, I, I started looking those. through. I started, yeah, I started looking through, looking for a place to rent, sight unseen. I'm losing my mind because all the places are like $600 an apartment, which, of course, now that would be a steal, wouldn't it? But coming from right. a really small town, it felt like thousands of dollars. I thought, how am I ever going to pull this off? Like, what the heck? But I did it anyway. I packed up. I took all of the savings that I had. I drove across country. And literally, when I, I remember driving, when I was driving into Los Angeles for the first time, oh, my gosh, four lanes on each, like, lanes going one direction and four lanes going the other direction on the 101 freeway. Like, I was used to country roads. I was hanging on to that steering wheel so darn tight my knuckles were white. I was just like, oh, oh, my goodness. So I had found an apartment, drove in, got settled into my apartment, found myself in there with literally like sleeping on my air mattress. And I think my TV was stacked on boxes that I had moved stuff in. That was my TV stand. And sitting here in this little apartment in Hollywood and just being like, oh, okay, now what? Now what am I going to do? Well, I guess I need to get a job. So I had had experience in waitressing. So I was looking for waitressing jobs, which, good grief. I don't know if you guys have ever heard um, we this was this was a joke in in the in my Hollywood circles. Once an actor, always a waiter. Right, right. I was gonna say this is like the standard. Takes a second to sink in. We're all yeah, we're right. all waiting tables. So it's as hard to get it was as hard to get a good table waiting gig as it was to get an acting job in that place. <laughs> I'm searching, scrambling for a job calling home asking for money my parents were sending me a little bit of money they took good care of me at that time they take good care of me now um 
helping me, you know, just make sure that I could pay my rent and eat some, eat, eat the Chinese noodles, right? The dollar noodles around the corner. <laughs> and I ended up working, <laughs> I ended up working at the Gap. I finally get this job at the Gap and right off Rodeo Drive, actually, in Beverly Hills. Um, and so I started working at the Gap and I'm folding khakis for eight hours a day. And as I'm standing there folding khakis, I'm like, this is not the adventure that I was necessarily looking for either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting for the the real magic to kick in, and within about a month or so of being there, I the magic started to happen. I don't know if you guys have read the book The Alchemist, but one of the great messages that I took away from that book is really the idea of beginner's luck, and how the universe really conspires for you um, in the beginning. And sometimes you might find that things are a lot easier in the beginning, and it's like, wow, that was easy. And then the more mm-hmm. you pursue something and get into it, it becomes more difficult. And we have more issues and things that come up that we have to work through. Um, but we've given ourselves that uh, first boost of inspiration and the boost of success. Like we feel that. So we have, we have that map, that vibrational map, right, with inside of us after we have that experience. And that was definitely mine. I got my first um, my first gig in a movie, and it was actually it was it was a pretty pretty good snag of a role I got. I got the lead role in a horror film, cult classic, The Puppet Master, which was um, a whole series. I don't even know how many. I was in number six. I think they've made many more since then. Um, and it was it, I was really excited. Uh, and I remember a call home, called pretty much called everybody I knew, letting people know, ah, I got, I got this job in the movie. And <clears throat> was very excited, nervous but excited. And went to my first day at set, came home that night, wasn't really ready to admit to myself that it wasn't everything that I had thought that it would be. Um, I thought, well, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like, you know when you go into a new job and, and you're nervous? right? When you go into the job and you're like, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, I just have to get to know people and I have to get kind of comfortable in what, you know, in, in this new place. And I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to feel better tomorrow. Once I come back, I'm going to feel more comfortable knowing people. I didn't feel better the next day coming back. I was still mm-hmm. just like, really, this is, this is acting like this is what it's, it's, it gets boring. Y'all. There's so much <laughs> waiting around. <clears throat> And and I was just like, oh, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I but I was completely not ready to admit at that point that I had packed up, left my friends, left my family, moved across the country mm-hmm. to pursue this career that wasn't really everything that I thought it was. Um, and I thought you're just not giving it enough of a chance, Emily. Well, intuitively, now looking back, I recognize that it was a clue for me along the way. No, I wasn't ready at that point in time to say that this isn't all that I wanted it to be. Um, mm-hmm. but now, now that I look back and, and you guys, I'm sure that, I'm sure that many of you have that experience. Like once, once you stop and you take a look back, you turn around and see where you've come, you take some inventory, you start to recognize, Oh yeah, there were, there were little clues along the way. There were like mm-hmm. signposts along the way that were guiding me the whole time. And I, the, when I eventually got to studying the Akashic records, I realized, oh my gosh, it was just like someone lifted the veil off and I could see how everything had lined up perfectly to bring me right where I was and right where I needed to be. And I could see all the signposts so much more clearly. But this was before I had actually really taken that time to dig in and really excavate myself, get to know my soul, really awaken these psychic abilities and senses inside of me. Um, I had always had a hunch when I was a kid that I was psychic because I think I wanted to be. 
you know. So I had okay. experimented with telling myself that I was psychic. Um, and I would, you know, I had some interesting experiences of with, with, with different beings. Um, there was one particular experience when I was a little girl, I remember. You know how you sleep in your bed and it's like if all of your hands and your feet are all tucked in, they're, you're good. It's like the boogeyman's not going to get yes. you. You're hanging out yes. even like a little bit like a toe. You got to pull that back in. Yeah. I thought I was the only one that thought that. I do that today. Yeah. yeah, no, that was me too. That was me too. And I remember just being on the brink of falling one night and my hand fell out. This was about five years old, four or five years old my hand fell out of my covers and fell over the side of my bed. And I remember so distinctly the energy of this, another hand, such a gentle, amazing, that, that presence that, that you talk about feeling came up and grabbed a hold of my hand and held my hand there on the bed. And um, as I, like, as it began to wake me up, so I was drifting off to sleep, as it brought my consciousness back into my body, then it scared me and I, and I pulled my hand back in really fast. But I'll never forget that moment of of having that experience. And again, I didn't didn't think a lot about it. Didn't really even it wasn't even really a flashbulb memory that I thought about a whole lot until after I learned right. how to read the Akashic Records and I realized, oh, that was that was a big moment. That was and as mm-hmm. I um looked back over that experience, I came to understand that was Archangel Raphael coming in that point. His oh. being the Archangel of Healing. And um, really just like, you know, holding that space for me to step into what I'm doing now and didn't recognize that until after I had gone through the process of actually awakening and opening my senses. Um, but back back to Hollywood, back to those days of um, sl- slinging hash and going to auditions and getting mm-hmm. jobs here and there, various commercials and movies. Um I had decided that I wanted to study acting. Like I hadn't really ever had the opportunity to learn a, learn it like a craft. So I became one of those those artsy fartsy ones that are like you're so into your craft, right? Literally, you get brainwashed <laughs> by learning the craft. But what mm-hmm. I recognize again now that I've now that I've taken the time and, and I'm connected with the Akashic Records, like I am looking back, I recognize that time in Hollywood was a complete preparation for what it is that I'm doing now in so many ways. So I would go to acting class and the whole point of class is like getting all of the feelings that are like all of the areas where we don't allow ourselves to feel our real feelings. Right. Um, And I had Mm -hmm. some of those. I, I had to shut down some major feelings to get from small town, Missouri to Hollywood. While I tell it like it's an interesting and exciting story. And it was, you know, there was a part of me that had to shut down any amount of fear that I had. There was a part of me that had to shut down any amount of um, feeling sad that I was leaving my family and my friends. And I, ha- I definitely had to shut down any kind of guilt that would say, oh, well, that's really a bad thing you're doing to your parents. Like, you're, you're leaving your parents, which I'm a mom now. So it's from, like, from that mom perspective, oh, my gosh, when my kids leave, and if they leave the state that I'm in, holy cow, like, I can't even imagine. <laughs> um, but, I, I, you know, I had to shut that down. I couldn't really consider those things to, to go out on my journey. And I recognize that I was pretty emotionally closed up. I recognize that when I'm sitting in Titanic and everyone around me is crying as, as Jack is sinking and Rose is blowing the whistle, everyone's boo-hooing, and I'm just sitting there totally stone-faced, just totally stone-faced. And I'm like, hmm, I think I might be a little blocked up here. <laughs> so, 
dug into really releasing those emotions. And, you know, so many times in our own psychic journey, there are emotional blocks, like areas where we've shut ourselves down and not allowed ourselves to um, really be so open and vulnerable. And that's an important process. You know, as we're accessing these higher realms of consciousness, it's important that we're open. And it's important that we've released a lot of areas where we feel very dense. And that was part of my process of releasing that. Also, channeling. So being a character, being an actress, is 100% like channeling. In order to be a good actress, you have to show up, you have to step out of the way, and you have to allow that character to really come through you. You learn to use your body as a vessel for those feelings and those emotions. But you're really bringing through a character that is not you. And I realized I about that, that. Yeah, right? That was really preparing me for being able to set Emily aside and bring through channeling information from the Akashic Records. Now, when I channel in information, it's in, it's in the reading and healing sessions, like when people are asking the questions and receiving the answers from the space of the Akashic Records. I'm actually channeling from the Akashic Records in that moment. I do do some channeling of other light beings. Um, I did a channeling of Archangel Raphael before. But generally when I channel, it's not I – see, I have a friend, Amanda Marie, who is a master channel, and she channels like Lord Buddha and Master Kasumi, and she channeled Dr. Wayne Dyer. While I have that ability as well, when I'm channeling, I'm bringing through information from the Akashic Records. And you guys out there, one way to start recognizing if you're channeling higher vibrational consciousness, do you tend to be really good at just giving advice to people? You know, do you find that when someone, that people come to you and talk to you, and when you talk back with them, you just happen to know the right things to say, that's a sign Mm -hmm. that you are a spiritual channeler and a healer and you're bringing in knowledge for them from higher realms of consciousness. So one one little key that you can keep in mind if you notice that about yourself, um, that that you have the gift and the ability to channel. So acting and and learning this craft of – you know, getting out of the out of my own way and allowing information to flow in or feelings to flow in right in that moment was a huge part of my process. I also I recognize that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I just want to add, pause for a moment and talk about channeling because this is an area that some of the listeners may not be familiar with, or the term has somewhat. Sometimes it has a negative connotation because of Hollywood movies and things where they say, "Oh, you know, you brought forth an entity or an energy that was demonic or whatever." And so mm-hmm. I find that people hesitate to then say open they say well I don't want to open myself up to anything what is this channeling you're talking about and as you're talking Mm -hmm. about acting I thought you know that is really interesting because when you have allowed yourself to be someone else to the point where you are crying the tears that they would cry in that Mm -hmm. I mean crying seems to me like the hardest thing to do in uh, acting sense because when you see that actor act, uh, eyes just well up in that poignant moment that makes us all pull out our tissue, you really mm-hmm. are that mother who lost their child, that person who experienced a tragedy as you envision it. 
So it seems like that's mm-hmm. almost like even your third you're using your third eye to imagine what would life have been like to be this person and that's mm-hmm. then where you tap into that spiritual connection to allow the tears to come or the rage or the anger or whatever. So mm-hmm. channeling at the time that you're doing the acting lessons, you weren't necessarily thinking of it as channeling. You were thinking of it as I'm learning how to be a good actor. Yeah, I was learning how to just be present with the emotion that was coming through from from that character. Um, and, and it's an absolutely valid point, Joelle, that you talk about people freak out a little bit when you talk about channeling. Like, no one wants to channel those dark spirits that come through in the Ouija board, right? That freaks us out. We get right. scared. <laughs> and you see, like, you see the movies about uh, people getting possessed. And so there, there are a lot of, there are a lot of, lot of different insights about that. Some people say, oh yeah, totally true, definitely happens. You got to be careful of where you're tuning in. Um, I think that we are honestly channeling in every single moment. If you are at a lower vibrational state and you're feeling down and depressed you become susceptible to lower vibrational energies attaching themselves to you. I do think that that is a true thing um, that can siphon your energy. Now, does it necessarily mean that you're possessed? No, I don't think that it means that you're possessed. Um, but there are attachments that can, that can make their way to us when we have a lower vibration. So there is some truth, and there are some. And, and you know, we've, had, we've all lived so many lives before that we've had experiences where it either – these kind of things aren't accepted or there has been channeling of dark forces or dark energy, or we've experienced just being connected with like just such low depressed, angry vibrations that, um, that kind of take over us sometimes that we've all had varying forms of, of a bad channeling experience, right? Whether Mm -hmm. we recognize that it's actually channeling or not. It's one really important reason why managing our internal energy and keeping our vibration at a high, happy, joyful state is a really important thing. Because whether you recognize yourself as a channel or not, you're doing it. You're tuning mm-hmm. in and allowing, you know, allowing your, your energy state to be subject to other matching energies at all times. Mm-hmm. Everything is just energy, and it's all just a vibrational match of energy. Um, another thing that I want to share about channeling is your intention has so much to do with it. And your intention and your imagination are really the key components. So for channeling, and when we, we obviously we want to channel good, high vibrational beings or entities or energy, right? So it's important that we keep our vibration high. It's also important that we set an intention to only channel mm-hmm. information of the light, Right. So right now, our universe, we're spinning, we're moving through, move, our, we're, like the galaxy is moving through the universe, and it's just like all this big spinning and constantly expanding space. As we move through the part of the galaxy that we're moving through right now, we are mm-hmm. subject to massive amounts of light, all of this photonic light. So I hear many spiritual speakers talking about in this state that we're in right now, in the present part of where we're flying through the universe, Mm -hmm. there's so much light energy that we don't have to protect ourselves like we used to. Like this light is, we are aligning to the galactic center. We, there are photons of light and light similar to sound waves. Like, so sound is an energy that stores and transfers knowledge. Light is also 
a frequency that stores and transfers knowledge. We are naturally in a part of the universe right now where there's so much light that there are some spiritual speakers, like I said, who said that it's not, it's not, you don't even, you don't have to protect yourself. Now I find that my method of tuning into the Akashic Records is my method of making sure that I'm tuning into only the highest vibrational energy that is available. So I can speak to my own personal process while I observe making sure that I'm using that intention to tune in to only the high vibrational um, energies, I am, uh, I'm not consciously doing it to protect myself, so to speak. I'm doing it to get a strong alignment. Li- yeah, alignment of energy so that the energy flows very powerfully. Mm-hmm. But it does have, a, it does have a, an aspect of protecting me when I'm in that space, only allowing the highest vibrational energy to come in. But I understand that. I, I completely understand. And especially if you had like a, any kind of a, an upbringing like mine, like that Southern Baptist upbringing, I can tell you mm-hmm. that channeling and playing with these kinds of, of energies, um, it, it takes a really open and understanding person if you've grown up in that community to get there, to stretch to that space. Because there is a lot of um, suppression of these yes. kinds of, of energies in, in traditional religion. Yes. Absolutely. Well, thank so you for clarifying because, you know, I, yes. I, I wanted to pause for a moment about that because it is something that I get a lot of, uh, that shedding belief systems and emerging into a new understanding of something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really? uh, everyday relatability, <laughs> you know, in terms yeah. of you're already doing it, you just don't realize it. You, we just don't necessarily realize it. Well, I got to the point with my acting career that I, like, I, since I had, and I had, I had a reasonable amount, you know. Obviously, uh, I'm not an A-list movie star, and in my mind, that's what I was moving out to California to be, so I had expectations to resolve with myself. Um, but I had a reasonable amount of success doing this, so I was constantly chasing. It didn't matter how much success that I had, Joelle. I was constantly mm-hmm. chasing more, constantly wanting more needed whatever whatever the next gig was going to be. And there's so much rejection involved. I, I, I had gotten under a pile of being really frustrated and negative and depressed. And my husband would tell me, like, you're just, you're just not a happy person. And I, did, I wanted to be happy. It pissed me off when he told me I wasn't a happy person. But <laughs> it's true. I wasn't. And I was acting. I was trying to act happier than I actually was. And mm-hmm. I remember getting, you know, getting to my moment of just like emotional frustration and breakdown. And, and I was on antidepressants for a bit because I just needed to feel mm-hmm. better. I was just down, not, couldn't find happiness in my life. And I got to the point, and it was actually right outside of Joshua Tree, which Joshua Tree is a very, very spiritual yeah. zone, good place to be in, good place to catch me when I fell. Um, mm-hmm. Just had like that, that dark night of the soul energy where I was just, angry and crying and like that breakdown screaming just like pounding just pounding my fist right I liken it to like a volcano that all of this energy has been building up inside and it like erupted it needed to come out Mm -hmm. in my eruption phase and um, Mm -hmm. after that after that little vacation to Joshua Tree (laughs) after I got back I had I decided and I had been listening to energy speakers and um, from this point in my life I you know one of my friends brought me a book when I was in acting called by Florence Scovel Shin called the game of life and how to play it. 
And it was basically the Mm -hmm. law of attraction. It was all about how to create what it is you wanted. And so I was using, I was like, oh, this is going to be good for my acting career. I'm going to create acting jobs. And then I, and I started Mm -hmm. to learn more about manifesting and I was trying to manifest acting jobs and I got pretty good at it. Um, I, again, had some beginner's luck, and then it kind of, again, I'm like, oh, then more issues started to come up, and I'm like, you know, just, just getting frustrated. But the energy work that I had been subject to really stuck with me, and I had always been, like, as much as I didn't love part of my growing up, I did love being in that presence of spirit, being connected to source energy. So I began to find that w- – while I had rejected traditional religion and I had run off to Hollywood to seek my fame and fortune, that spiritual aspect of me was coming back to life when I was reading these spiritual texts. And there was a particular gentleman who would come into the restaurant that I worked all the time, and he was a Qigong master. And he, was, he wanted to move into teaching, so he offered everybody there who wanted to to come join him and learn Qigong. And my husband and I were the only ones who showed up, so he literally taught us one, just him and my husband and I, Qigong, for months. And I realized mm-hmm. later that was part of my waking up process too. And I began listening to energy speakers and energy healers, much like programs like this. I would listen to their story. I would listen to whatever modality that they worked in. And I would do the meditations with them. And I just got so much out of it. But part of me felt that, heard that voice, felt that instinct that said, I can do this too. And after my breakdown at Joshua Tree, I decided, you know what, I'm going to explore that. There's somebody out there who can teach me how to do this, right, who can teach me something. I didn't even, I didn't know I was looking for the Akashic Records, Joelle. I, the okay. only thing that I knew, and nothing against Reiki, but for me, I knew that it wasn't Reiki. I was like, I don't know mm-hmm. what it is that I want to study. I just know it's not Reiki. And I, I think Reiki is phenomenal. One of my students in learning to read the Akashic Records, because I teach others now how to read the records, is a Reiki master. Mm-hmm. And I had a kink in my neck one time, and she totally whipped me right up. So let, mm-hmm. me, let me just very much clarify, Reiki is phenomenal. I'm a big fan of Reiki. It just wasn't going to be my path. So right. I was, had picked up um, a Conscious Life magazine when I was in L.A., and flipping through it, looking in the back for, like, different courses that could possibly certify me in something. And I see the Akashic Records, and I'm like, I remember the Akashic Records. My mom had gifted me maybe 10 years prior to this moment, so maybe in my, yeah, maybe late 20s, um, mm-hmm. an Akashic Records session. And, of course, so I, I started to explore. At that point, when I went into the session, I was like, oh, what are the Akashic Records? So I knew a little bit about what the Akashic Records were. And the Akashic Records, for those of you guys who are new to this particular modality, the Akashic Records are the realm of space-time where all information has been programmed. Okay, it's like the gigantic cosmic library of information. Every bit of our past, our present, and our future is stored in this gigantic matrix of information. The future, of course, is started infinite possibility, meaning there's always wiggle room based on whatever future we choose to create, because we have that ability to create here on this planet. Mm-hmm. We can mm-hmm. tune in to, uh, to different futures. Um, not only do people have Akashic records, but your animals have Akashic records. Your house has an Akashic record. Um, groups have an Akashic record. So the, like, let's say, um, you know, Americans in general would have an Akashic record together. The, the mm-hmm. vibrarian show, like, this, like the collective of all <laughs> of what you're creating, 
So you, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Everything's got the records. Yeah. Um, and, of course, it's very similar to the Internet, right? The Internet is the collection of all the cosmic information that we have so far on this planet. Of yeah. course, it's too much information to just sit down and, like, have, oh, I have access to all of this information. doesn't exactly work like that. We don't get it all laid out in front of us at once. It's the same as we use the Internet. So how do we use the Internet? We ask questions. We plug right. in whatever it is that we're looking for into Google. How many of you guys have been asking yourself internal questions your whole life? How many of you guys have been talking to yourself? You ask a question, you get an answer for it. We're using the Akashic mm. Records on a day-to-day basis, whether we realize that or not either. It's completely based on the questions that we ask, depends on the, the type of information that we get back. Um, and once we learn to intentionally plug our energy in to this high vibrating source of energy, then it's not, it's not something that just happens like in one of those moments where you're like, oh, I had a very spiritual epiphany moment. Like I felt the energy come in at that moment. Yes, we do tend to experience those moments of, whoa, what just like that was otherworldly. Like we recognized there was a higher consciousness that was, that we were tuning into, but we don't necessarily know how to get back there. So I learned the process of accessing the Akashic Records at will, being able to center and calm my energy, to tune into that space, and then I learned how to navigate in that realm. And we navigate by asking questions. So the Akashic Records bring answers to every single question that we ask. Now, the answers aren't the same as how we receive answers here on Earth. We are experiencing this planet through a very 3D experience, right? It's a very polar. There's north and south pole that hold the whole planet in place. And as above, so below, the macrocosm and the microcosm, of course, we experience those idea of poles or opposites in our lives. We experience, you know, we know great joy only once we've known great sadness. It's how we're experiencing things here on the planet. So the Akashic Records provide information from a a little different energetic standpoint, actually a lot different energetic standpoint. They provide information from a level of unconditional love and zero judgment. So we're receiving information from this incredible space of seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And the records are known as, by other names in the Akashic Record. They're known as the mind of God. They're known as the hall of records. They're mm-hmm. known as the book of life. You know, when I grew up, yeah. it was your name gets, well, that's why I was witnessing to all my friends because I wanted to get their name in the book of life, right? So that they could get right, into heaven. Right, right. That's, mm-hmm. that's how we learned was that, you know, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, then your name gets written in the book of life, and then that means you get to come to heaven. The book of life is actually, there's much more, um, it's a much expanded version of that. Yes, each one of us have an entry in this book of life, but every single bit of our past, present, and future exists in there as well. So by learning to tap into that space can bring forward very high levels of um, wisdom, guidance, and clarity in our lives, and also a healing energy. When I tune into the records and I'm bringing through, like I'm using my body as like, as think of it like as a lightning rod where I'm just, I'm bringing the energy in, I'm putting you in touch with that energy. I feel comfortable using the word healer. I know there are some energy um, workers and light workers who don't necessarily feel comfortable using that word. They say, I'm not doing the healing. I'm just 
conducting the energy. It's, that's 100% true. I'm just conducting the energy. But if you choose to show up and receive that healing energy, then there's massive healing that can come through just from being in the presence of your own Akashic records. So I don't really have a problem with the semantics of that word. But I do want to clarify that I'm not actually doing any healing. I'm just tuning in the energy and making myself a channel for it so that you can receive right. that energy. Um, so I mm-hmm. found a lady who was going to certify me in the Akashic Records. I moved through the process in three months from start to finish. I have a, a certification to be a practitioner in the space of the records. Then I hold an advanced certification for past life clearing and ancestral clearing. And then I hold a second advanced certification in using the Akashic Records for healing. So I once I learned that process, um, I began to create, create my own healing practice with it. I began to create a business, which in the past two years, now this was in 2015 that I became a certified practitioner. Um, and what is it? What I'm saying, what is it now? 2017? Yeah, we're about halfway through 2017 mm-hmm. here. And the amount of um, content and, and wisdom that I've been able to, like, to create and put in a form here on the planet to share with people it blows even my mind. You know, I, right now I currently, I write for the Huffington Post, so I'm lucky enough to share my insights on a very worldwide platform. And um, I really enjoy writing. As much as I was an actress um, and loved being in Hollywood writing, I've been writing since I was a little girl, like storytelling. I mm-hmm. realize how connected those two things are, the writing and the storytelling and the acting. Um, but I really have always loved to be a writer. And my history in Hollywood and being on camera and getting really comfortable just being in that public eye, huge for me. I now have two internet shows. I have one show that I do on Periscope every week called Akashic Answers yeah. with Emily. And I do that with mm-hmm. Love and Action TV. And um, I have my own show, which you were a guest on my live interview <laughs> show on Facebook called Lightworkers Connect, where I similarly bring forward other lightworkers to share modalities and bring bring insight for people, bring um, more wisdom to the forefront. And I've been able mm-hmm. to create the Akashic Academy, which is an amazing community where my partner, Nick Pereira, and Nick studies the ancient Vedic texts. He's a student of bhakti yoga. And yeah. together he and I are bringing together spiritual modalities from across the world, really bringing together to unify our search for God, our search for Christ consciousness, our, the waking up process. So when I, when I use the term like the search for Christ consciousness, Christ consciousness is becoming psychic. That is the waking mm-hmm. up of all of that dormant DNA. Jesus was a psychic fella, was he not? He was healing people. Oh, yeah. He was raising people from the dead, and he was multiplying the fish, right? And he was walking but on he water, connected, and he said, connected yes. to God's self all the time, constantly. All and he kept the telling them, he kept telling them, I'm, I am connected to the Father. I am the Father. And so that's I, that embodiment of Christ consciousness is something that I'm constantly talking about, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That's so yep. key to and understanding the embodiment as something that is actually present and internal rather than yes. external and unattainable, you know. Preach it, Joel, right? Yes. <laughs> and that's what happens when we begin to put ourselves in alignment with that energy. 
there's a waking up of all of these psychic senses, of the clairvoyance, which is the clear inner vision, the clairaudience, which is clear hearing, clairsentience, clear feeling, claircognizance, clear knowing. Um, let me just, I just want to break down quickly some things that you guys, if, if these things are happening to you, this is an indication that you're, that you're waking up, that you're coming more into alignment with that source energy. You know, if you get tingles, those truth indicating tingles when someone speaks the truth or you feel that you come in contact with a bit of truth, that's an indication that you're waking up and that your subtle energy body is waking up and feeling the energy shift. If you get a hunch that somebody's going to text you or call you and then they do, that, that is your, your telepathy waking up. Telepathy is a very real thing that we're sending and receiving. We're sending and receiving messages constantly, constantly to yeah. each other. If you notice ringing in your ears, uh, many times mm-hmm. that ringing in your ears is a sign of waking up of your clear audience, of, of hearing clear messages. If you hear music or particular song lyrics in your head, and you're like, oh, that's just what I needed to hear right now. Or you turn the radio on and you hear something that's very moving to you, just what you needed to hear. That's a sign that you're receiving messages through Claire audience. Even if you're hearing them come mm-hmm. through the radio, you're receiving messages. If you see things like shadows and flashes out of the corner of your eye, your clairvoyance is picking up. You're able yes. to see. So in the in the peripheral, in our peripheral vision, our eyes, since they're the shape that they are, since we have convex and concave areas of our eyes because they're a sphere, the light and the frequency is bent differently in our peripheral than it is in, our, in the front where we see straight out of the front of our eyes. So mm-hmm. in that bending of the light and of the energy, we can actually pick up different frequencies than we can pick up right in front of us. And so if you start to see flashes or shadows out of the corner of your eye, don't freak out. What happens, we see them and then we like turn our head really fast, right? And we're like, oh, they ran away. Mm-hmm. No, what mm-hmm. really happened was we turned our head and we turned our field of vision so we're not seeing it anymore. But we yeah. tend to, just like, just like you talked about channeling and putting those um, – negative connotations or scary connotations on the idea of channeling when you can see those flashes and those things out of the corner of your eye um, that can we can tend to label that as scary too I, I teach people and encourage people to don't think it's so scary get actually what you can do a really cool exercise that you can do to start strengthening your peripheral vision is just everybody let's do this together hold your hands out in front of you directly out in front of you mm-hmm okay. And then moving your hands to the side, spreading them out, you're going to just, you're testing basically where that line is between where you can see your hands and where you can't see your hands anymore. So you want to find that line right where the peripheral is, okay? And then keeping your eyes focused moving forward, just wiggle your fingers, putting your arms up and down right along that line where where they tend to disappear and just allow Mm -hmm. yourself to see them out of the peripheral. This will start strengthening those peripheral muscles. Okay. Mm. Good I'm way to doing it. Here's another, <laughs> good. All right. Here's another exercise that we can do, guys. We're going to do just like just 10 seconds to becoming more clairvoyant. Everybody close your eyes. I want you to see a giant bubble letter purple number three in your mind. Seeing it nice and big there in your mind, putting all of your consciousness on that gigantic, big, poofy bubble letter number three. Seeing it there, holding your consciousness on it holding all your attention on that giant three and then now just allowing it to gently fade away. That's a great way that you can start building your clairvoyance is by imagining these things and holding your consciousness on it inside of your mind. 
So congratulations. Mm-hmm. You guys just did two things to boost your psychic abilities <laughs> here with me today. <laughs> um, oh, yay. And, and in addition to creating the Akashic Academy where there are opportunities to learn to do, I teach an intuitive development class inside the Academy um, where we, we learn exercises like this or we talk about different um, aspects of waking up our intuition. We talk about different aspects that we can learn to heal ourselves because we all have these abilities to tune in, to wake up, to become healers, not only healers of ourselves, but healers of others as well. And my purpose and passion right now is really to inspire other people to become light workers. Doesn't mean that you have to become a reader or you have to set up shop like I've set up shop and become, you know, do, do online shows and write and talk all about your healing experiences. And it doesn't mean that you can be a light worker in whatever job, career, passion calls you. All right. It's important that we love what it is our work is, but, Loving our work and bringing a consciousness, bringing a light to how we go about doing our work, that is being a light worker. And as we begin to step more and more into alignment with that, the waking up of those psychic senses really starts to have, um, have a powerful impact on our life. And guiding people through that process, whatever it looks like for them, is really what my mission is here on the planet. And, of course, there are light workers that, I, that come into my inner circle who want to learn specifically the Akashic Records, which, again, that is a learnable skill. I'm about to do some readings for you guys here using the Akashic Records and opening your Akashic Records, and I'll show you guys how I do that. But this is a skill that I learned and that people can learn how to do. So when light workers want to expand their current healing modality, or they want to the Akashic Records to be their number one healing modality, they come to me and they move through my course, Learning to Read the Akashic Records, which is a 15-week course. It's an online course, so mm-hmm. you don't have to live in Southern California where I am to do that. <laughs> but I do offer certifications for people who want to learn how to do this. And, again, it's a skill that every single person divinely wired into your DNA, everybody, is the ability to access the Akashic Records. And holy cow, I just looked up, and outside there is the biggest rainbow. I'm sitting out in my garden right now. And as I'm telling you that you all have the ability to access the Akashic Records, Mm -hmm. there is a a huge rainbow right here. I'm going to just snap a picture of that guy right there. That is so beautiful. Beautiful. I love when the confirmation comes in. Right? Cool. Um, So let me, I'd like to move in and and start doing some readings for anybody here who would like a reading tonight, Joelle. I do, yes, go ahead. Let me ask a real quick question first. You said that, uh, you know, when you're asking yourself a question, that you are Mm -hmm. accessing your uh, guidance and Akashic uh, knowledge in that moment. So Mm -hmm. for the typical person who says, Let's take a real-world scenario. They've, they've taken a job somewhere or they've entered in a relationship or something and they find that they're mm-hmm. ultimately unhappy and they're sitting there in their little mulling space and they say, mm-hmm. why did I do that? Why, why did I do yeah. that? Okay, mm-hmm. that's the question. Why did I do that? A lot of times then our logical framework kicks in and it says, well, you were an idiot when you did that or you were not yeah. the right mind, girl, or something yeah. like that. But yeah. when you yeah. look deeper, sometimes the answer is from 
a previous experience. Now, for some people, they don't have a framework that connects to say that we've been here before, that there's a continuity of soul self. So for a person who lives in a reality that does not believe in reincarnation, then does the answer then just lie in, okay, well, you did that because you needed to learn the lesson or you did that, you survived it? Yeah, that's a great question. So I want so to go back to know. what you talked about, yeah, about the person being in the mulling over state, right? So um, if you are mulling anything over and you're in that, like you're in that processing zone, that is a certain energetic freak. The answers that we get always are a vibrational match to whatever frequency we're asking them in. So when mm-hmm. we learn to access the records before we learn to access it we're just asking questions and we're receiving answers it's just and we 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 label it as our mulling over process or i'm processing this or you know Mm -hmm. i'm I'm trying yeah when we learn to access the records it requires a couple things from us to do to do this on a conscious basis and to really get the highest level of information possible so that's it's that's kind of a coding there of the akashic records unless you consciously are accessing the records from a space of being willing to take personal responsibility for whatever it is, like you said, you're there to learn, whatever the lesson is. And it's important that you come from a space of unconditional love for yourself. So if you're ticked off at yourself for making this choice or you're at a space Mm. where you're like depressed or low or you're holding yourself like negatively accountable for it, it's going to affect you. The, the level of information that you're going to get because the information always matches the vibration from which we ask. That's why when we go through the training mm-hmm. of learning to read the Akashic Records and we learn how to tap in at will, it's important that we go through the process of connecting our energy to the highest realms possible, which is the process that I do before, the little meditation I do before I begin. And it's, the questions that we ask are really important. So, Asking things like, what is the lesson that I need to learn in this situation so that I can stop repeating this lesson and move on? See, Mm. that shows that you love yourself, that you are willing to take responsibility for what it is that you've created, but you acknowledge that you want something higher and better for your life. That's, That's loving yourself, right? So when you mm-hmm. ask that question, that, be- that becomes a very um, advanced, a very learned question. Like we have to recognize that about the process and learn to frame the question from that standpoint. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we are, we, you're going to get you're, you're going to get an answer. No matter you, it doesn't matter if you believe in reincarnation or if you believe in the Akashic records or what your how you put language to that. You, mm-hmm. you ask a question, you're going to get an answer. It's the nature of our brain. As soon as you, your brain has posed a question, it goes seeking an answer. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. small trick that you guys can do for yourself in terms of processing your life is learn to ask questions in a positive frame, positive frame. Yeah. So what is it that I can do to shift this situation? Let's say that you're having financial issues and financial difficulties. Instead of mm-hmm. asking, why am I always in this mess? So your brain can go find the answers why you're always in this mess. I'm not saying that there's not enlightening information that comes out of that, but learn to reframe the question to what can I do to shift this, right? Okay. If you, if you mm-hmm. find yourself in a really low state and you're 
depressed on a day, to ask the question, what can I do to feel better right now? And you're, you're automatically putting your brain into brain mode. Brain's mode is to go solve the problem. You're giving your brain the directive to go find solutions to what to help you feel better. So learning to reframe how you talk to yourself and how you ask yourself questions, um, even, like I said, without going into the full process of learning how to access the Akashic Records, simply take that tweak in, in terms of how you talk and how you ask questions to yourself, and you'll find a massive difference in the answers that you get. Mm, very did I, good. Did that answer your question? Oh, yeah, that, that was very good because, you know, okay. words matter, and we do so much mm-hmm. uh, judgment of ourselves in just our positioning um, or we mm-hmm. place ourselves in kind of a victim almost um, a statement, why did this happen to me, um, mm-hmm. kind of negativity. And it really is so tricky that thoughts and words do matter so much. Um, and just mm-hmm. that shift of of moving into neutrality in your question and acceptance yeah. in your question that's that's huge yeah. you know that huge that I, I have to catch myself now uh as, as I start to ask my higher self questions I'm going to see where I'm actually limiting the energy that I would receive the response back in that's very helpful thank you yeah <laughs> good yay good good so we do have a we have some people out there who want questions, so let me let's let me just yeah, give you a couple quick guidelines. Okay. Okay. Yes or no questions are. This is not the best space for yes or no questions. Okay. Ask yes or no questions to your pendulum. Ask yes or no questions when you do muscle testing. Dig in in this space, guys. Ask how can I better understand the nature of whatever issue it is that you're working on, or. Um, what are ways in my life that I can get more clarity on my soul purpose? Like use this to really dig in and get those, those answers that, that you need to make big changes in your life. Time questions are not the best to ask in, in, this, in the Akashic Records either. Now, if you're dying to ask a time question, I will certainly pose that question to your records and I'll, we will get information. But time is changing so quickly all the time. Time does not exist on this planet. I mean, how we experience it is not what the real nature of time anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And our timelines can be moved forward or backward in the future. Uh, time is a pretty unstable entity, right? So asking mm-hmm. time frame questions, um, we don't always get the best answers from that because time is so different in all different realms, right? If you ask a time frame question, it's, the answer quite likely will not look like, when am I going to meet the love of my life, right? It might not, it's right. likely not going to look like, oh, the next three to six months you're going to meet that person. It's going to look like when you finally learn to love yourself, when you learn to accept yourself mm-hmm. as, as mm-hmm. where you are, it's going to look like that. So it's going to happen mm-hmm. whenever you accomplish those certain things. Um, so stay away from yes or no questions. Stay away from time-sensitive questions unless you're just dying to ask one. And then if you just feel like you can't get away from it, then that's fine. Go ahead. Um, but like I said, it's not, it will likely look, not look like an increment of time. It will look like a, a series of steps that you need to take in order to accomplish what it is that you're working to accomplish. Um, 
I'm, you have you have a list of people there. You said who would like. Yeah, I've got some like people on hold who've been waiting patiently for this portion of the Wonderful. show. Wonderful. So, uh, just to clarify, real quick, do you have like an example question that the Akashic opportunity would would be suited for? Yes. Yeah, so let's just say that you are not satisfied in your current job. Okay, and that you uh, want to find you want to find another job, but you're not exactly even sure like how to go about any any of that, right? So mm-hmm. don't don't worry about framing a question so specifically. Talk to me. You can talk to me about what it is that you're experiencing, and and we'll form we can formulate the question together. But a question such as, what are the lessons that I still need to understand in the job that I'm in now, so I can move on and create something new? Okay. 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 Awesome. Well, our first caller, and these are really just very many complimentary readings, and I'm so appreciative that Emily is willing to do this on the show. We do have about, I think, four or five people in the queue who are waiting to receive readings. So we'll, you know, move through them. All right. So our first caller who's been waiting is Andrea or Andrea. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. Hi, it's actually Andrea, but that's okay. Andrea, welcome. Thank you. So you're on with Thank Emily. You. Hi, Andrea. What, Andrea, what's your last name? I use your full, actually, first, middle, and last, because I use your full name to bring up your Akashic Records. My full, well, I, I was adopted, but my, Can, my, my name is Andrea Sue Gaylor. Andrea Sue Gaylor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, Andrea, I'm just going to tune into your records right now. I'm creating a column of light, extending that column of light running up and down my spine, extending it all the way down into the crystalline core center of Mother Earth, connecting with all of the love and unconditional support, all of the wisdom of the earth plane, bringing that up through my light body, and then taking that column of light, extending all the way up through the atmosphere, through the different layers of space, time, and consciousness, anchoring it into the space of the Akasha, bringing that information down. Now asking to open the records of Andrea Sue Gaylor. All right, Andrea, your records are now open. And go ahead. What's going on with you? Well, it's funny because you were talking about manifesting things and you get back what you put out. My friend is mm-hmm. oh, a perfect example. How come I, this happens to me? How come my car breaks down? How come I can't find this? And I mm-hmm. said, because you keep putting in the universe all that negative crap. You need to yeah. stop doing that and be positive and be like, this is what I deserve. This is what I'm going to get. This is what I'm go- I am. But, you know, stop doing that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I manifest my own good stuff. I say, you know what, I am going to be this. I deserve this. I was dating a guy who, yeah. you know what, and I, I deserve, I said, I am worthy of this, so you need to go. And, yeah. you know, so yeah. I ended up breaking up with him. But, you know, you have to know your worth. A really key component of what you said in terms of manifesting is that I am and then filling in the blank. You are, first of all, you're invoking the I am that I am energy, which is phenomenal and powerful energy. That is the great violet flame energy. That is the, the, you know, that, that is a great one right there, the I am that I am. So bringing it right into the present moment, which is allowing yourself to create it now, in the now moment. Anytime we are mm-hmm. existing in the past or we're moving into the future, like I, I, will, I will be manifesting my soulmate. Well, then you're going to keep no. putting it out in the future. If you're putting it out in the future now, then you're going to continue putting it out in the future. Um, what questions do you have right now, Andrea, for your Akashic Records? Well, 
a matter of fact, we're talking about my birth mother. Um, I was okay. adopted, and my birth mother is a psychic. So I have, I, I think I must have three, at least three of those tendencies because I can see things, I can feel things, and I sometimes mm-hmm. I hear things. So um, I'm kind of sort of coming to my own. But do you have any sort of? I'm trying to find my, who my birth father is. I mean, she says okay. she doesn't know, doesn't remember. I don't. I mean, I don't even know where to look. I don't even know if he's still alive. But it's driving me crazy not to know who he is or where I come from. Okay. Um, so you do have communication with your birth mother and she says that she doesn't know who this person is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She said she doesn't know, doesn't remember. She was 22 at the time. You know, she's like 60 something now or 70 something. Cause I'm 50. Okay. So there, I haven't seen this a whole lot on the planet, but I've seen it every now and then. And I will tell you that it's, uh, it, it, there is a phenomenon that I, like I said, I've, I've come into contact with this before where your, um, your father, your biological father is not actually like a human being. Like we would consider like all, like we're just like simple mortal human beings. He has definitely like a higher calling. Um, I've, I've run on to as a particular fellow who has, strong father ties with Archangel Michael. And I'll be honest, I don't know exactly how all of that works when, you know, if uh, obviously there is a relationship that's happening between your mom and the, the father figure that is causing the biological reaction that we recognize as pregnancy and moving into childbirth. And I'm not a hundred percent sure how that process happens. If the, these entities like, Come, like the the father's body allows that essence of Archangel Michael to come in and to um, help populate the planet, but you definitely have angelic roots in terms of your ancestry, and it might be very possible that you don't find him and that you don't find him in the traditional way of like searching and looking and figuring out who this person is. They are recommending that you begin a telepathic communication with your father as opposed to trying so diff- so hard, like scrambling and looking for him. Because what will happen is, again, like you talked about when you were teaching your friend about manifesting, if you're looking and it's driving you crazy and you're looking, you're going to keep, you're going to keep creating more driving yourself crazy and looking kind of experiences. Mm-hmm. Instead, they want you to work on practicing telepathic communication with your father. So when we te- communicate telepathically, it's, the energy is being sent and received through our third eye. And so they're suggesting that you set aside some meditation time, okay? Get at a space where I like, I like to go to my garden, but find a space that you like to go and go to that space, create some quiet space, and imagine him there in front of you whether he looks in angel form, whether he's in human form, whatever, telepathic cord, gold cord between your third eye and his third eye, and just start talking back and forth. This is going to act, not only are you going to start getting information that you want about him, and and your imagination is really key, Andrea. Information that comes into you via your imagination, that is information coming from him. Do not tell yourself that you're making it up. That is a way that we block our psychic gifts and abilities. Am I making this up? No, you're only, you're sending, you, we don't actually make things up. We're only sending and receiving signals. And energy follows intention. So if you intend to connect with him, you can trust that the information that you're going to get back is coming from him. And this Absolutely. is not only going to answer some of your questions that you have for him, 
but it's also going to further ignite your psychic gifts and abilities because you're using them because it's like you're working out with them, right? You're using those muscles. So you're, they're building. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I have done Are that you? occasionally. I'll, I'll just kind of like talk to the guys and angels and ask for some guidance or clearance and, or, you know, sometimes I get it. Sometimes I don't, but I, I do manifest other things because I tried out for TV show, ask for those, those signals, those, those signs. And I get those. Okay, good, good. The um, manifesting small things is the same as manifesting big things. Many times mm-hmm. we look at manifesting small things as being easier, but it's really as easy to manifest a million dollars as it is to manifest one dollar. Um, of course. When, when, when you untangle all of your issues, I'll be honest, I haven't been able to untangle all of mine yet, and I feel <laughs> like manifesting a million dollars is way harder than manifesting one dollar, which is probably why I haven't <laughs> done it yet. But 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 the as the theory goes, right? And I'm still learning and growing myself. Um, but as the theory goes, we we can manifest anything. It's one thing isn't harder than the other. It depends on our paradigm of belief around how difficult we think that it is. Andrea, thank you so much for coming on tonight and and asking your question. Um, thank you. Almost, can I can I do a little third eye activation for you before you go? Sure. Gonna, sure. All right, just going to send, and this is this is for everybody out there who wants this. I'm going to use Andrea as um, as our template here, but just bringing energy and awareness to that third eye. The third eye is located in between the two hemispheres of your brain, known as the pineal gland. It's what allows us to have communication and intuition, communication with other realms of consciousness. Um, it, it, it's the seat of our intuition, and it's responsible for that telepathic communication. So I'm just doing doing a little energy work here, moving my hands, creating a vortex of energy in that area for you guys. Everybody, I want you to see indigo energy coming out of that third eye area in all directions, 360 degrees, coming out all directions, all directions, all directions, good. Deep breath in. And then exhaling. Good job. Good job. So that'll give you, um, Andrea, some an extra, like, extra. it's like a Jamba Juice boost. When you're going in and you're doing this telepathic communication with your dad, we just did a little tuning up there of that third eye energy. So, Thank you. So, you have, so, so yeah, so you have strong, clear messages. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so um, we're going to move on to the next yeah. call. Do you have any uh, clearing to to do after I'm just an, cl- in between calls? Yep, just closing down Andrea's records. Yep, good. Bring on the next caller. All right, so we've got Terry from New York on. Terry, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Excellent. Uh, would you be able to move to a slightly oh. quieter room? Yes. Actually, yeah, I had the oh. lady on. I just oh. turned it off. Oh, this oh, is really good. Uh, hi, Carrie. Hi. It's nice to meet hi. you. Hi. Nice to meet you, too. So, same protocol, Terry. Give me your, please, your full name, first, middle, and last. Oh, my God. So, is uh, Terry? Yes. Samara? And last name is Haynes, H-A-Y-N-S. Okay. So, Terry, I'm just going to tune into your records for you. Terry, I'm going to Okay, Terry, your records are now open. Okay. So here, 
what question do you have today? What question can we bring forward higher levels of wisdom, guidance, and clarity for you in your life? Okay, it's in regards to a job that I currently have. Um, okay. I just wanted to see, I don't, I mean, because I'm in the process of looking for something, and mm-hmm. I have a kind of had a conversation with the coworker that I was looking for a job, but I just don't want to cause, you know, any issues to the management company or, you know, I don't uh-huh. want to put out uh, a negative, uh, make it seem like it's negative, which is not. And I just wanted mm-hmm. to see if you were picking up anything or any, <laughs> picking up any energy of that. Um, they say, yes, I am. And they're, they're, they're calling you out a little Dr. Phil style. Dr. Phil always calls these people out. They're calling you out for being afraid and, and having a fear motivation for not wanting to rock the boat. And so you're justifying that by, by saying, well, I don't want to put out any negative vibration. They say your vibration that you put out has to do with whatever's coming from inside of you. So if you are not in a state of a negative vibration, you don't have to worry about putting that vibe out there. If somebody picks up on any negativity, that's their own negativity that they're feeling. All right? If you bring up or trigger any negativity in somebody, it's because it's inside of them and it's, and it's coming out. You're, you get to control your vibe from the inside. And if you don't want to be negative, then, then you're not then you stay positive. You stay in, in a positive, uplifting frame of mind. There's part of you that doesn't know what the next job is or what it looks like, and that yes. can be a scary place. So yes, okay. sometimes, yes, our subconscious mind will create justifications for us that sound quite reasonable, which will make us not continue to move forward looking, but they say keep moving forward looking. Keep looking okay, and exactly. ask. Yes. Okay. Yes, and, and, yes, and asking is, is a way that you show yourself, that you honor yourself in moving into whatever this new position, whatever this new better fit for you is going to be. If you don't ask, you're not going to receive. So asking oh, no. is a really, really important, a really important okay. dynamic. Okay, I definitely will do so. Okay. Okay, they're, wow. they're, they're, they want to give you one more tip. They want to – okay, they're giving me two colors for you so that mm-hmm. you can bring in some color vibrational energy. They're saying okay. that have something red, and I don't know if you have crystals or if you want to do it with clothes or if you want to do it with particular jewelry. doesn't really matter. But if you, right. don't, if you don't want to wear red, put like a red crystal in your pocket. So red okay. and yellow are going to be your power colors. Red is going okay. to help you really feel safe, to feel safe oh. to express what it is that you want, to mm-hmm. feel um, secure in, in safe, feeling safe and secure in expressing what you want. And the yellow, um, Terry, is going to help you really stand in your personal power. Okay. And yellow, yes, yellow is a self-esteem color. And yellow mm-hmm. is associated with our solar plexus chakra, which is our inner sun. And okay. they want you to keep that color in mind because you have a lot of joyful, happy energy. You, and your inner sun, yes, your inner sun radiating, people want to be around that all the time. They want oh, you to recognize that use that to move into this new position by saying, okay. as I, people in this position that I'm being drawn towards, they want me there in that space. They, they're craving okay. my energy and standing strong in that. Does, does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Yes, it does. Good. 
Wonderful. Terry, thank you so much okay. for coming on tonight with us. I appreciate oh, you. you. And I appreciate you. So I will go tomorrow and pick up, you said it's a red and yellow crystal I should get, correct? Um, I was seeing like two, two separate, two separate ones. Um, okay. but if there were, if sometimes, sometimes you can find mixture stones. If you find okay. a mixture of one that's red and yellow, perfect. Otherwise, okay. pick up one red and one yellow. Okay. I Whatever you're drawn to. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. I'll get it definitely tomorrow. Thank you. I really you're appreciate You're welcome. It. Have a great night, Terry. You too. Wow. That's cool. Thank you, Terry. That was wonderful. Thank you. This is wonderful. Uh, our next caller, uh, I don't have a name yet, but your area code okay. begins with uh, 347, and uh, you're on the line. Hi. Hello. Hi. Welcome hello. to the show. Thank you. My name is Keisha. Keisha. Welcome, Keisha. Keisha, can you give me your full name, your first, middle, and last? Oh, <laughs> I'm Keisha Lanise Pride. Lanise Pride, awesome. I use your full name to bring up the vibration of your soul, all incarnations of your soul, past, present, and future. So just tuning in to your records right now, Keisha Lanise Pride. Awesome. All right, Keisha, your records are now open. What question can I answer for you? What can what area can we bring forward more wisdom, guidance, and clarity for you, my dear? Okay. So I am feeling like I want to move out of town to okay. preferably Atlanta, Georgia, or either okay. Charlotte, North Carolina. But I'm thinking Atlanta because okay. I used to live in Atlanta. Okay. And um, <laughs> I I did my own cards today, and I asked really great questions and they answer me <laughs> the thing mm-hmm. is i don't have any money mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a job or money say to move to atlanta but i okay. manifested money to move to atlanta years ago okay so and so you want to do that again yeah <laughs> yeah okay Manifesting something when we need it can be tricky because anytime we're in need of something, we're already vibrationally in lack. Mm -hmm. And so trying to manifest from a vibrational state of lack is one of the hardest things to do on the planet. Practically Mm -hmm. impossible. All right. So the first thing we want to do is we want to shift the perspective around any area of lack, any area where you're observing lack in your life. So, Every um, One really amazing way that you can tune in to the energy of abundance is being in nature and considering the idea mm-hmm. of, yes, of like an apple, okay? And then you, so inside of one apple, there are how many seeds? Maybe between 10 and 20 seeds inside of one apple. Then we plant one of those seeds and you get an apple tree that's going to produce hundreds of apples is going to have tens of thousands of more seeds. And so then you take like, then you think of all of the apples that can be produced from those seeds, from that one apple that you started with after you grew an apple tree. It's like it gets exponential fast. So to use, they're saying, use that idea of the apple 
really to tune you into a vibrational frequency of how quickly things can expand and how much abundance there is within one small, tiny seed. Another way that you can really start tuning into abundance is start seeing it everywhere and start blessing it everywhere. Okay, I read this really profound um, essay once called The Aloha. Was it it was so profound I forgot the name of it. Okay. (laughs) It was was called The Aloha Spirit. Thank you very much, Spirit. It was called The Aloha Spirit. And this gentleman who wrote this essay talks about the fastest way you can get into vibrational frequency with things is start noticing it and blessing it everywhere around you. So everywhere where you see abundance, Keisha, I want you to bless that abundance, blessing it. Whether it's abundance in nature, whether it's, you know, your wealthy friends, people with money around you. Um, the, uh, anywhere where you see the abundance showing up for you, showing up in your world, Bless it and recognize that if it's showing up in your vision, that it's in your space, okay? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they want you to spend some time doing that before you really try, okay, I'm going to start manifesting the money now. Because you, they're showing me that you're in a vibrational frequency of lack. And so that's mm-hmm. the first thing to address before you really start manifesting the money is to get into, get into that vibrationally neutral space where you're not observing lack everywhere. So instead you're going to, you're going to counteract that by observing abundance everywhere and then blessing it when you see it, blessing abundance when you see it anywhere, like blades of grass. If you see tens of thousands of blades of grass as you're walking down the street in a small patch, a small area, recognize that, um, Look at each one of those as being its own abundance resource in your life. Okay. I didn't really feel I was coming from lack. I just know I don't have the amount of money, say, I had before to move mm-hmm. down here. But, I mean, technically I can work and save up the money, but I really kind of want to go now. I don't really want to stay here for another year. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, if you're not if you're not resonating with being in, the, in being in that vibrational frequency of lack, um, then I just I invite yourself. Be, sometimes it's so deeply subconscious. Because let me tell you, he said, if you if you were truly not observing or being in a state of lack, you would have the money right now to go. It would be present in your reality. So mm-hmm. anytime something is not present in our reality, it means that there's a subconscious belief that's preventing us from bringing that into our reality. Okay. Okay, I get so it. No, I get that. Yeah, sometimes it, sometimes they can be really deep and really subconscious. Um, I'll, and I'll give you an example. I I did that before in in my business, and I didn't realize I was doing it. I when I created my course for learning to read the Akashic records, I did not put guidelines on you. You move through the course in three months. It's a fifteen week course. Every week, you're responsible for doing a new lesson. I was too scared to tell people that because I didn't realize at the moment. I thought that I was I was I was giving people flexibility to move through the program as they were as they had the time to move through it, right? What I was really doing because I was new and because, you know, we were constantly learning, not necessarily a fault, I just hadn't gotten to that lesson yet, right? I'm not going to fault myself for not learning that lesson yet. This was a deep lesson. I recognized that I was actually tuning into a frequency of lack and scarcity 
by being afraid that somebody would not want to um, be held accountable by me. And I thought that I would lose students. I thought if I don't make this really easy for students, people are not going to sign up. So I'm going to try to make it really easy for students, and I'm going to, this is going to be my, how, I, how I word it. They can move through it as they move through it. Well, I began to recognize that I had students who were getting very stagnant, getting very stuck. They weren't progressing through the work. And I'm a mom. One thing that I've learned about my momming is that anytime my kids are coming up with an issue or they're, they're fighting or so, whatever's going on, they're pretty much just modeling my behavior back to me, right? So mm-hmm. I have learned to take ultimate responsibility with my students too. Like if there's something that's not working in my classroom, that's, that's something that I need to address. It's, it's my responsibility. It's being modeled back to me or shown to me so that I can make adjustments. So, which makes me growl sometimes because I'm like, oh, me again. But, yeah, I have to figure out what adjustments that I need to make. And so I had to make some adjustments, and I started recognizing, you know what? No, people, people are paying me to be their mentor. This is an energetic exchange that we're, that we're entering into. I am not serving those other people unless I show up and hold them accountable. So I'm going to stop observing this lack this scarcity. I'm going to stop being afraid that I'm going to drive students away, and I'm going to be strong enough to grab my nuts and hold people accountable. And so that's what I did. So that's that's just to give you an example. It was deeply, it was so deeply subconscious that I didn't recognize it for a long time that I was actually observing lack. So just allow yourself to um, allow it to come to the surface so that you can see where you might be very subconsciously observing it. Because you're observing it in some method, some form or fashion. Otherwise, the money would be right there in a big pile for you, and you would start packing right now. You would call U-Haul and call the movers, and it would be, it would be on like Donkey Kong. It so is so funny. Your, I, was, uh, yeah. I saw a bunch go of ahead, U-Haul trucks yesterday. Like, everywhere I looked, it just was like a, a U-Haul truck. Good. Okay. Start blessing those. Start blessing those. Those are signs. Those are signs. Those are signs that you are going. That you are creating the abundance. You are now creating and tuning into the abundance to accomplish this that you want to accomplish. Oh hi. Well, are the but records? Really, you, yeah. Can the ahead. records tell you if I am going to move or not? Or um, well, the future exists in infinite possibility, but you are definitely. Mm-hmm. So it works like this. We have mm-hmm. a vibrational frequency that we're putting out. We move from possibility into probability, into this is our reality that we create, the more we give attention to it. So if that's what you want your reality to be, and you are definitely emitting a strong vibration to move to Atlanta, for sure. I, I yeah. easily see this as being something that's moving from your, your realm of possibility to probability to reality. Yeah, I know I could do it. It's just that I don't want to wait. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want, I don't want to save up any money. I just want to go. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the mm-hmm. issue is. Because, yeah, of course, mm-hmm. I can work and save up the money and be, you know, gone in mm-hmm. a few months. But I want to leave, like, in two weeks. <laughs> oh, that's all that's what it is. But, okay, I get that. Um, they, they, in terms of, like, how we talked about asking questions, they want you to ask this question in your own meditation mm-hmm. time. And mm-hmm. asking, um, why, why are you feeling this need to move so quickly? Is it an impatience in you? Or is there something like what, what ask, what is in your highest good? Mm-hmm. So ask what okay. is in my highest good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ask what, what is it, what is in the, in your highest good in terms of 
this timing. And if you're still feeling really, really impatient on getting out of here, ask that too. Ask, say, um, what is it that I need to learn about my impatience in this moment? Like, what, what, what I'm feel, Acknowledge that you're feeling very impatient and you want what you want now. And ask, what, what, is, what is it that I need to learn about this? And see, and see what you come up with, okay? Okay. Oh, well. Thank Wonderful. you both. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tisha. I hope you have a great night. You guys too, but thanks. Thank, thank you for your contribution. I just really have to uh, tell you, I really appreciate um, when callers are willing to open up themselves to uh, sharing in the radio space because there winds up being lessons for all of us uh, in that. And uh, it's a very Mm -hmm. vulnerable space to be in allowing your spiritual realm to be discussed on the air. And I don't take that lightly. So I do thank all of you that are willing to uh, let yourselves be an example for everyone. So I I do have one. that as well. I do have one last caller on who had requested a reading, and we'll bring Wonderful. her on before we wrap everything up. I'm so appreciative. Um, Michelle, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Welcome to Hi, the Michelle. Psychic Inside Show. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the Thank show, you. Michelle. Can I get your full name, your first, middle, and last? Sure. It's Michelle Lee Franklin. Mm-hmm. Tuning into your records here, Michelle. Okay, Michelle, your records are now open. Okay. So what's going on with you in your life? Um, well, I've gone through a lot of change, and I was just wondering if you think I'm on the right um, path. I kind of I want to mm-hmm. know... Like, if I'm on the right spiritual path, if I'm on the right life path, okay. I guess. Yeah, instantly, okay, instantly I see essential oils coming up for you. Um, okay. Does that have anything to do with any transitions that you've made? Um, no. Not yet. So I see you, here, I'm just going to, they show me very clearly you working with essential oils. Um, I see you having a career that is a spirit that is like a uh, more of a spiritual career. Like there's a spiritual basis. There's a service. That's what I mean. There's a service element to what you do to helping other people. And um, in term in terms of you being absolutely in alignment with what it is that you're here to do, you have a very strong service, a call to serve other people in your blueprint that I'm seeing. Um, Are you doing yoga? Um, I was. You were doing yoga. Were you were you just like practicing yoga or teaching yoga? No, just practicing, going practicing. to classes. Mm-hmm. That woke up a lot of things inside of you. Um, why why do you have you stopped doing that? Um, just my mom's been sick and it's like hard to get there. Mhm. Um. They're inviting you to do to do some yoga at home. Keep doing it. Keep doing okay. the practice. Even if you even if you can't make it to the studio to do the yoga. Um are you caring okay. for your mother? Um no, I mean she's in assisted living, but 
Got it. Go there a lot. Okay. Okay. And what are what are some of the transitions that you've been making? Have you been making like job transitions or relationship transitions or moving transitions or all of the above? Um, well, I just broke up with my boyfriend and I feel like I'm on a good career path, but I don't I have a lot of other interests and I just don't know if I'm on the right path and exactly what I know what I'm interested in. I know what I'm good at, but I good. Just what are don't those know. things? What are you interested in? Um, what are you good at? Well, I'm a nurse, so you were right about the helping thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love helping people. And then I do. Mm-hmm. I paint. Cool. I do good murals. I do pictures. I do all kinds of stuff like that. Um, have you have you looked into essential oils? That might be something that you that like that sparks a profound kind of interest for you. They're showing me that so clearly. Huh. Healing through the vibrations of the essential oils and particularly through smells. Okay. Smell is, like smell is an incredible. Just, go ahead. I just don't see myself like interested in that. <laughs> okay. That's okay. That's okay. But let, let, well, let me keep digging. Let me keep digging. Let me okay. talk about smell for a second. So smell is a way that we can instantly bring ourselves back to the present moment. Because what happens when we smell something, for that moment that we're taking it in through our nose and we're, we're enjoying, when we want to smell good smelling things, right? But if it's something disgusting, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same. It brings you present just like front and center with whatever whatever it is that you're experiencing that that sense is experiencing and it has an ability to bring you like snap you back to the present moment so many times we spend too much time either thinking about the future or lamenting the past or like we're we're so in our head about everything that we need to be more in the moment and um Maybe maybe that's just what's coming up for you. Maybe that, that that would be a way that you would bring yourself back to the present moment. The the idea of staying very present is coming up for you. And I'm realizing that that was uh, part of the yoga tie-in too, is that you were able to stay a lot more present when you had the yoga practice consistently happening in your life, um, which is why you want yeah. to bring the yoga back in as well. Right now, they, they are showing you a lot of cerebral activity. So a lot of processing about the the boyfriend you know and and processing mm-hmm. about um just like all of the things that you're processing there's a lot of things going on in your head so much movement in your head they want you to be more present just to have more like staying um a little staying more out of that headspace okay what happens okay. is our heads begin to you know our brains whew, our brains are something that we really have to learn how to program we spending we spent are given so much instruction on this planet on like learning reading and writing and math and language and you know I'm sure you you spend a lot of time in school learning things when you're going through the process of becoming a nurse like so much schooling happens right. that that we 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 tend to allow the mind to just we put a bunch of knowledge in it and but then we let it work on default mode where it, it tends to have like a negative kind of uh, a neg- like the brain kind of tends to go to negative scenarios more often than not. We have <clears throat> automatic negative thinking or ants, right? 
there are thoughts that come up tend to be more negative. Um, there are amazing statistics about our brain. Each person has between 12 and 60,000 thoughts per day. Okay? Right. 80, 80% of those thoughts are the same thoughts that you had yesterday. Mm-hmm. Same right. ones. Okay? Right. 95% of the thoughts are negative. So the majority of the thoughts that we're thinking are the same ones that we're thinking day to day to day, and they have a negative influence to them. All right? 95 to 99% of those thoughts are subconscious. So we don't even recognize that there's all of this, this processing and thinking going on. Um, the, and the more that I talk through your situation, Michelle, the more that I'm getting the confirmation of the essential oils being something that you can use to bring you back to present. Like it's, it's important for you to get present because there is so much brain activity happening with you. All right? Okay. That, that um, so, makes sense. Okay, good. I'm glad we spent a little bit more time digging and uncovering that. So – when I gave that first statistic, but when I said between twelve and 60,000 thoughts per day, we, our natural tendency is to think that the, the 60,000 thought range, well, that's, those are our smart, brilliant minds, right? And then the, the 12,000 thoughts, like if you're on the lower spectrum of that, eh, that's probably our people who are not so smart in the planet. Actually, they don't have a correlation to each other, all right? The people who are actually the most enlightened and we think of intelligence as being like book smarts, right? Um, I'm talking enlightenment here now. The people who have the most real intelligence, the most enlightenment happening, are the people who have less thought, are the people who are on that 12,000 range because they've learned to actually not do a whole lot of thinking because they're present. They're being as opposed to thinking. They've learned to calm down all of that automatic processing that happens inside of the brain. Now, yoga is a great way to do it. Like we talked about, the essential oils. The essential oils will do it like in the moment for you, bring you like in, like in a moment when you really need it. But in terms of having a, being able to stay in that state of presence and being over long periods of time, not just for a moment, it requires practice on our part. It requires a meditation practice. So they're really inviting you to find, even if it's just five minutes a day of meditation that is important to you or that you really like, do just five minutes of meditation a day. And here's, here's a little exercise that I'm going to share with not only you, Michelle, but everybody out there to move into the next day. Oh, and I love this too. They're, they're tying it all together because you're talking about a lot of transition, right? Transition in your life. Transition in your physical life is symbolic for the spiritual transformation and transition that you're undergoing, okay? And as okay. we all, under, like, happening across the planet right now, this is happening for every single person. We are transitioning from 3D into 4D up into 5D. So here's the difference. Mm-hmm. 3D is that very polar experience where there are north and south poles. We experience joy through our sadness, sadness through our joy. Like I explained earlier when I talked about like the theory of contraries, you know, Jeffrey Chaucer. And I remember that from my English literature class. It was like one of those things that stuck to me because it was so profound. He said, we don't fully experience one emotion until we've experienced the opposite. Okay. That's an example of being in the 3d, very, very 3d. As we move up into what 5d, which is where our, our ascension process is heading. And then on up from there, on up into 60d being dimension, like fifth dimension living, 
when we reach fifth dimensional living, which is where is our planet? That's that's what we're, that's what we're hoping to accomplish this time around, right? We're hoping to actually make it to 5D. That's when we're living in the default mode of peace, love, and joy in our life. We're not reaching for trying to stay calm and stable and happy. It's when we've learned to be at that. That's our baseline resonance. And the entirety of society right now, Michelle, is moving into that. And um, there are big, it's a big transition time. Things that no longer are serving us, such as relationships, are ending. These things are coming up to be released. Old thought patterns that we no longer need, they're coming up to be released. So this transition is happening not only to you but to everyone on the planet in whatever circumstantial ways that it's important for them to experience, right? Now, maybe not everybody's breaking up with their partner, but everybody's experiencing a release of things that no longer serve them. One really incredible thing that human beings can do to help facilitate this transition is to move our consciousness from our head into our heart. Now, we, especially intellectual people, feel like it's the brain's job to do the processing. This is the processing unit, right? Right. Not many people are aware that our heart actually has the same capacity to process our life. There are mm-hmm. neurons in your heart that can process the same way your brain processes. All right? So a really awesome technique, and I encourage you, Michelle, and anybody out there who is resonating with what I'm saying, set a, a timer on your phone. Set an alarm to go off every day. If you like 11-11, I like 11-11. I like that time. If, you, if there's a certain time that you like, if you like noon, it doesn't really matter what time you choose, but choose a time and have, that, have an alarm go off every single day. And when that alarm goes off, you take a moment, and we're going to do this here together. Everybody gather, everybody send your consciousness, your awareness to your brain, your head space, all right? And now using your intention, using your imagination, I want you to gather up all of the consciousness there inside of your mind gathering it up into a beautiful crystal ball of consciousness and then slowly sinking that ball of consciousness with your intention, with your imagination, sinking that beautiful crystal ball of consciousness down into your heart space and allow your consciousness to come to rest in your heart. When we learn to process life through our heart space, that's when we will fully enter the the 5D, the fifth dimension. That will allow us to stay fully present in our bodies and in our experiences. So I do see you on the right path, okay? I see that there are going to be some more transitions and some more shifts that come up for you. But um, the, but they, the next thing for you to work on is to, is to calm down all of that brain activity and just become very present. And it's you really can do that by doing. I'm sorry. I was just yeah, going to no, say go it's really go. funny because I keep saying I'm going to meditate. I keep listening to all these books about meditating and like that's all I read and this and this. But yet I never do it. I keep saying I'm going to do it. But then I just <laughs> okay. happen to. So guess what? You just so meditated really right funny. here. Yeah. yeah. So we, let, and I know I'm in the now moment for I you. Just take the time. Yeah. And, if, we just and I feel like the now moment. I paint like that um, meditation too. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Every time you paint, that is meditation, 100%. Because yes, I, it's I mindful can't meditation. stop. 
you know. Mhm. Mhm. So I want you to shift your thinking instead of and, and instead of saying to yourself, "I am going to meditate." What is that? That's putting it in future tense. I am going to do something. Instead, I am meditating. I'm a meditator. Guess what? You just meditated right here. You are a meditator. You can officially, yeah. truly say that about yourself now. I am a meditator. I, I, I am practicing meditation. As you're painting, tell yourself, I am practicing meditation. And you're going you're gonna to shift that energy of having it out in the future to bringing it into the present for you. Okay. Um, they they don't want you to be looking for and trying to figure out what these new changes are, what the other transitional pieces are going to be, because you don't know them yet. They're saying there are things that until you calm down, because if you start looking for them, then you're going to start creating stories in your mind that have to do with all of this brain activity that's going on. So you're going to pull all of these pieces of thoughts and you're going to create a story with it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. Allow yourself to get really good at being in that state of presence and you will naturally understand and know what the next, what the next phases look like for you. Okay. That makes sense. Um, good. I do, I do see a transition with your nursing. I'll let you know. I don't see a, like a moving completely out of that industry or out of the healthcare industry, but I do see you doing a little, um, something a little different than what it is that you're doing now. And, uh, okay, they're making it a little bit more clear. And, again, this is just, a, this is just one possibility, but I want to share because it's coming up. Okay. So as you have, you have an elderly mother, yes, who's in assisted living. Right. So the, what I'm seeing is that when you move through the process of her transition as she passes and when she moves, and I don't, I don't have a time frame for that, but when you will be with her when she moves through the process of transitioning into mm-hmm. light form, right? That right. there, there could, there could be such a profound experience in there with you that 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 you might shift and be somebody who helps people transition into from this realm into other realms. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Is that hard for you to think about? Um, no, because, I mean, I did it with my grandparents. I do it with pretty much my whole family. I'm always the one that stays and holds their hand. And okay. Like no okay. one else in my family. It's always me who is doing it, and I've done it with a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of patients. So, okay. I am okay. good with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember how I talked about becoming a light worker and bringing light into whatever area it is that you're working. Um, they really want you to be aware of how much light emits from your soul and how much light work you're doing in, in the career that you have in, in the nursing. Okay. Okay. Um, are you, are you a joke teller? Are you a laugher? I love to laugh. I'm not really good at laugh. jokes, but <laughs> yeah. So okay, I, I like it that you're good at laughter. They they want you they want you to laugh a lot. They want to tell you this about laughter. Laughter is a particular frequency of energy that breaks up negative vibrations. 
So the more you last in the presence of your patients, the more you are breaking up the areas of dis-ease or disharmony inside of their body. And they want to bring your awareness to that. They want you to realize that you do that because that increases the, um, the effectiveness of it. When you, it happens whether, like, laughter breaks up negative energy whether you realize it's happening or not. But as soon as you realize mm-hmm. it's happening, then it breaks up even more. Yes. Bringing your awareness to it magnifies it. So they, they wanted to let you know that about yourself, too. Okay? Okay. Cool. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much. Yes, I hope you have a great Thank evening. you, Michelle. Thank you, uh, Michelle, for sharing. And, Emily, this has been a madcap two-hour marathon, and I'm just so excited that you were able to come on this show this evening. Um, now, for people who are interested in connecting with you to continue to do uh, work or to ask questions or whatever it is, that if they want to do classes, how can people reach you and what are you offering? The best, way to, the best way to reach me is through my website. It's www.askyourrecords.com. Again, that's www.askyourrecords.com. And I have a variety of different services and opportunities to work with me. Um, of course, I do private sessions, private Akashic Record reading and healing sessions, and that's similar to what we've done tonight where you can ask questions, and then there are certain healing protocols that will come in, like advice for you to try, like <clears throat> shifting your consciousness like we did, like with Keisha learning to observe abundance everywhere around you and bless it. Like those are specific protocols. Those are specific healing protocols that come in from the Akashic Records. So there are Akashic Records sessions. Um, I also do private chakra balancing and DNA activations. So when we talked about that Christ consciousness, Christ consciousness, there's a correlation to activating the all 12 strands of our DNA that starts to bring us into that energy of Christ consciousness. So that's a service that I provide for people. If you're interested in doing chakra balancing, um, <clears throat> our chakras are energetic vortexes inside of our body that create a certain vibration that we send out into the planet. A lot of times we can get out of balance and out of harmony and we're sending out a vibration that we don't really want to be sending out. So we can adjust those things by going in and do some, doing the chakra balancing and harmonizing. And with that session, we also do the DNA activation. So it's like an energetic tune-up for people who really want to just get really in alignment with their own highest vibrational energy. Um, I also do a service, a third eye activation. If people are interested in having their third eye activated, I perform that private service for people. And I also do past life clearing. Um, and not only do we clear things from our past life, so there can be, and again, you said not everyone believes in reincarnation, and, and I, I respect whatever anybody believes. If you have a belief system in place, it's serving you to the point when our belief systems no longer service and then we outgrow them. But as long as we have them, they're serving us for some reason. So I honor whatever belief system is in place for you. It's serving you for whatever reason it's serving you. But for people who are interested in going into the past lives, there's karma. Karma is unlearned lessons. There's certain karma that we carry over from previous lifetimes and even from the past in this lifetime, lessons that we didn't learn, so patterns that we keep repeating over and over in our life. If we want to take a look at what those are and clear some of those out, I offer a past life reading um, and clearing session. 
But not only do we need to clear things always from our past life, we can also go back and get skills. We can go into our Akasha or into our past or future lives, and we can bring skills from our skill toolbox into our present life. So activating different psychic senses, activating the ability to body scan, all of those are examples of things that we can go in and get and activate when we're doing that past and future life work. Um, There's also the opportunity to come learn and read the Akashic Records. Like I said, there's a course where you can actually learn how to do what I'm doing here today. And I have students um, from all over the planet who are working through the process, and we are a family inside of there. There's so much support and growth mindset that happens inside the class learning to read the Akashic Records. Um, And, of course, there's the opportunity to connect with me Inside the Akashic Academy, which is Joelle has reached out and joined the Akashic Academy. And inside the Akashic Academy, um, and that is, that, that's literally like the deal of the century, it's $11.11 a month for a private membership community. And there are classes, intuitive development classes inside the Akashic Academy. Um, there, is, there are full moon and new moon ceremonies. There are prayer circles. There are, there's a community and a family inside of that zone mm-hmm. to support your growth. Um, is really, really phenomenal. We are in the process of editing our very first magazine. So there will be a publication that comes out of the Akashic Academy known as the Akashic Magazine. And um, for anybody who is like wanting to, to come in and learn and see what it's all about, I highly recommend checking out that community. And all of that information is on my website. If you go to, the, go to my website, askyourrecords.com, Click on the menu there and you'll see, you can see private services. You can see learning to read the Akashic records. You can see the Akashic Academy. And there are opportunities for you guys to reach out and to connect with me through my website. I did want to do a special offer for you guys tonight in terms of the private sessions. And any of you who would like to book a private session, any one of the healing sessions that I mentioned, whether it's the Akashic uh, record healing session, whether it's the chakra balancing, the DNA activation, whether it's the past life reading um, or whether it's the third eye activation, any of those services, if you let me know that you've heard me tonight on the Joelle Coachman show here um, on, in, in the library, then I will mm-hmm. be more than happy to extend you a half price reading um, and healing session if you're interested in that. And, and like I said, make sure that you mention that you heard me here tonight with Joelle. Yay, yay, I love when things like that happen. Uh, we'll definitely say the good vibe tribe since we're all connected, you know, uh, good to, a nice, uh, to spread the vibes. And I do want to mention to everyone real quickly, we're a little over time, so hopefully this will still be uh, part of the broadcast. I do see we had several people listening. We had several people in the chat room, including uh, Dallas and Ann and a couple of anonymous logins. And then we had Monica and Stacy uh, and Tanya, who all wanted to say hello. They didn't want readings, but they were uh, expressing that they were enjoying the conversation this evening and found it very enlightening, Emily. Uh, so you have Thank a, quite you a fan base that's been here. And I am excited because on Thursday night on the Vibrarian Show, which is just a talk show, a topical show, 
this Thursday, 9 o'clock, same phone number, same channel. You will be back with a classmate, a, a person who learned from you, one of your students and graduates of the Akashic Academy who is now a certified records reader, uh, Brian will be on the panel yeah. Thursday and we're going to we're going to talk Akashic records. We're not going to do readings on that show. It's going to be about an hour conversation but everything you wanted to know or ask about this library of of energy we're going to be examining it. So I definitely invite you to come back. And Emily, thank you so much for joining me this evening. This has been the Psychic Inside Show. Stay posted because we're going to put this up on Facebook and YouTube so that you can catch the rebroadcast. And I appreciate all of you who tuned in this week. And I hope that this week brings you all of the abundance that you can possibly hold to overflowing and that you – Receive what you intentionally put out in terms of manifestation. Thank you so much to all of you, and namaste. Namaste, everybody.